Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome to the Believe in Rams podcast. I'm your new host, Jake Ellenbogen. I'm excited to get started, excited to dive into this. I got big shoes to fill. I know it. Isaac Bruce and Doc Holliday did a great job. This is the episode 123 of this show. I'm not going to erase history. So we're starting with episode 123. I'm sliding in as your new host. And at some point down the line, we'll have an exciting co-host. But until then, I'm going to be holding down the fort here in the solo mission uh, to give you the best Rams content possible. If you guys don't know me, I'm Jake Ellenbogen. I run the Downtown Rams podcast. My co-host Alexis Craft currently. I will continue to do that. So I'll be on both shows. In addition to that, uh, I also have a YouTube channel that you can find all sorts of Rams content on. It is just the Jake Ellenbogen channel. You could also Google me. I'm on Twitter at JK Bogan. My DMs are always open. So if you have any questions, comments, concerns, hit me up over there. Uh, happy to get into any of that with you. But I'm excited to get this thing going. Just a little bit about me. I'm 26 years old. I've been covering the Rams since 2016. And I'm a diehard fan since literally birth. Uh, you talk about the greatest show on turf and the Sosar Rams era and now the McVay era. I've been through it all. I've watched all the games, whether you know here in upstate New York, whether I was going to the bars to watch it, sports bars with my father, my brother, or uh, you know I've figured out a way to get it on cable over here, whatever. I mean, I've literally never missed a Rams game. So I'm very, very excited uh, to break down all of these games with you moving forward. Um, we're going to have two episodes a week. We're going to have an episode for the preview of every game and then the post game for every game, uh, kind of recapping more in depth, um, things like that. So really excited to get involved. And of course, we missed the Cardinals week. We're not going to recap that. We're going to go right into the 49ers week, which I know a lot of you are very excited for. Uh, so we're going to be talking about the 49ers. I'm going to bring you. Uh, I'm going to bring up all of my uh, concerns, the questions that I have, the things that I'm excited about, um, and then kind of just preview, break that game down, and then give you a final score, a projection, and and then we'll call it a podcast. So if you guys like this, be sure to subscribe to it. 
um, you know, on all sorts of podcast platforms as well as YouTube, you know, and uh, that's that. So let's dive into this matchup from the other side of things. We're going to go with the 49ers defense first versus the Rams offense. Last week, I thought the Rams offense showed you some good things that you definitely like to look for. Thought they ran the ball well with Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers, mainly uh, Cam Akers, because they Really only let Henderson run four times in a surprising move. But Akers found his groove early on um, in the second half. And I think, you know, he really uh, exploded onto the scene in a good way. You saw that burst that you like to see. And, you know, he's not that far off from that major injury coming back from it. Didn't look great in the second game. Didn't really get an opportunity in the first game. So it is good to see that. Now, the fumble is the concern. How will he bounce back? That's the big question there. You look at the wide receiver room, okay? You look at the way Ben Skoranek was involved in probably the biggest game of his career so far, production-wise, having the nice 30-plus yard play down the left sideline and threatening a touchdown there. But I think the thing that makes Skoranek so special and, and fun to watch is that he can line up in the weak or the strong or the eye formation at fullback. He can line up in line at tight end. He can be used in the slot and he he can be used outside the boundary at wide receiver. I think this guy gives you incredibly uh, fun looks, but also unique looks for the defense. It's fun to watch as the viewer, but for the defense, it's going to be hell to try to defend. He's got more versatility, I think, than Juszczyk does of the 49ers, and that's somebody that they like a lot. He kind of patterned his uh, fullback play out of him. Uh, watched a lot of Juszczyk film. He admitted to that. And then in addition to that, not just Ben Skoranek, but I like that you know you saw Brandon Powell get utilized in the offense last week. You saw just the potential of him. You get the ball in space, and all of a sudden, it's like returning a punt, which he knows how to do very well. He can read his blockers. He can set up based on you know where the leverage points are, and uh, he's just got great ball carrier vision. So that I love seeing that. I love seeing the 2-2 Atwell play. Uh, Stafford missed the deep ball, sure, but they were close on it. I think they're going to get there at some point this year, and I think there was a lot to take away seeing that Atwell's game-breaking speed does translate to the NFL. Not really a shock, but he was able to get behind the defense and eat up that too high safety look. In addition to that, I thought Allen Robinson was a few yards away from scoring a touchdown that probably would have put all the narratives of him struggling to bed. However, he did drop a touchdown earlier, and that was what people kept talking about. Cooper Cup, on the other hand, had a nice rushing touchdown in a play that looked very similar to one that they would have run with Robert Woods last year or even the year prior or years before that. Uh, But I thought Cooper Cup looked good. Obviously, he wants that touchdown drop back. But ultimately, I thought the the receiving game looked good. I thought what you saw out of Kendall Blanton coming right off the Chiefs practice squad onto the 53 and then coming away with a 20-plus yard gain on one catch That was great to see just coming right off the bench, making an impact right before the game where he plays the team that really was his coming out party where he broke onto the scene in the NFC title game. It was nice to see Kendall Blanton. In addition to that, Tyler Higby, who's at 24 touches this season, or rather 24 targets this season, only 11 fewer than the guy that just won the triple crown in Cooper Cup. I think it's been really obvious that there is a connection building and growing with Matthew Stafford and Tyler Higby. It may have been there last year, but Higby did battle some injuries. It's certainly there at the beginning of this season. It's been a lot of fun to watch. Higby already has 24 targets, like I mentioned, and uh, he's already second in receiving. Skoranek is third. 
Allen Robinson's fourth, but Cup is definitely in first there. Um, and it'll be interesting, you know, as they get the guys back. I still think they definitely need Van Jefferson to really thrive in this offense. They'll get Van back. They'll probably get Odell Beckham Jr. back later on in the year. So at the moment, there are some misses here, but I do like the way the Rams have at least shown you most of their drives, they can move the ball. And they, they obviously have to do more than knock on the door. They have to bang the door down. Uh, but they showed you a lot of promise there. They showed you some good things that could end up going from your close in week three to now your week six or week seven, and you're hitting on those deep balls to a 2-2 out well. Uh, you're able to make those plays in the, the end zone like Cup and Allen Robinson. And, you know, it changes the score drastically from a 20 to 12 game to now your 41, 12, uh, you know, game. So something there that'll be interesting as we move forward. Um, but it's definitely those are some uh, things to look out for. And then the offensive line, while it wasn't, you know, spectacular, I thought it was pretty solid. Only gave up one sack on Matthew Stafford. Now, it was a little strange because it seemed like Sean McVay and company, they kind of schemed around the offensive line. I don't know if it was a matchup thing where they saw J.J. Watt. They saw, you know, uh, Marcus Golden. They saw this, you know, front of the Cardinals. And I think Zayvon Collins, obviously, he's physically imposing in his own right. They saw those guys and maybe they kind of changed things up. They gave him more of the benefit of the doubt. And so it was more just trying to get rid of the ball in three, five, step dropbacks but either way I think it worked um, and they really just got to finish at the end of the day but the offense only gave up one sack and the only concern that I had was Rob Havenstein who clearly was banged up in this game he doesn't play well when he's hurt most guys don't uh, but Havenstein really struggles so hopefully he bounces back this week the injury is not too much and uh, you know the Rams can move forward but Ultimately, I think you have the roster that you need to have at this point in the season, and I cannot wait for Van Jefferson and eventually OBJ to come back. In addition to that, Kyron Williams to come back and be healthy for this offense. The 49ers this past week played very good defense. They held the Broncos to only 11 points, and really, at the end of the day, they only gave up nine points due to a safety to their quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. I think this 49ers defense has been very good. You look at Talanoa Hufanga, you look at Fred Warner, Nick Bosa, Samson Ibukam, Traverius Ward. There are a lot of guys and a lot of uh, different things to like early on. Tayshawn Gibson in the back end, the secondary. He's been really solid as a safety. Of course, you got Trey Greenlaw. You got Emmanuel Mosley. So this team all around, Ark Armstead, there are so many guys on this defense that are playing lights out. And it's why that they're number three in defensive DVOA, according to football outsiders. That is a big deal. And so I do look at this and think, as great as that is, though, there is context needed. You look at the first game, they go up against Justin Fields, who has a pass rating barely over 50%. They go up in the second game against the Seattle Seahawks and, you know, not really a team that wants to push the ball through the air. They really shut them down. And then the third game here against Russell Wilson, he may call himself Mr. Unlimited, but he's very limited at this moment. And so is that Nathaniel Hackett led offense. Not very good. They only put up 11 points and nine of them were actually put up. Two of them were given by a safety. So when you really think about it, this Niners defense hasn't really played anybody worth uh, you know, on the level of the Rams, but at the same time, you can't take away what they've done as a defense and how lethal they have been.
They're third against the run, fifth against the pass. The Rams have had kind of a hard time running the football. And obviously, when you look at their DVOA, it does show that they're 18th in offense. They have the 16th passing, and then they have the 14th rushing DVOA. So when you look at it, according to football outsiders, they're not where they want to be. And this is not where they'll be later on the year. But it is more of a rusty approach. I think the Rams have kind of been a little rusty on offense. It's why I think you see the the ball is moving down the field, but in the red area, when you're in the red zone, those scores, those are going to be more efficiently driven plays and rust will get in the way. And so I think those will be cleaned up over time. But right now the 49ers are playing the Rams probably at a good time to play them uh, because later on the year, they'll be in a really good spot. But you look at this defense. I do think they match up well against the Rams. I think Hufanga could be a problem. I think Bosa and Ibukam off the edge could be a problem. I think Arik Armstead up the middle could be a problem. And then you look at the linebackers with Al Shayer with, of course, Warner and Dre Greenlaw. Those guys could be a problem. I thought Traverius Ward again for the first three games has been very good coming from free agency from originally the Chiefs. So we'll see there and how well that goes. But going into this game, the Niners are going to put pressure on Matthew Stafford. They're going to try to do what the Bills did. You don't necessarily want to blitz Matthew Stafford because he can make you pay. But if you can get pressure with that f- the front four and just run with four, uh, then you could really make Matthew Stafford's day a living hell if the offensive line isn't up for the billing. And so I really do think that the 49ers are going to test them. And I think a big thing here is it's up to Rob Havenstein, who left and came back in the game last week. He really did struggle. And then we haven't seen that in a minute. So if he is not fully healthy, this could be a long day for the 49ers and Rams. I mean, you look at the pass rush, they've gotten 10 pressures out of Ibukam. They have four sacks out of Bosa. Those guys can put pressure on Stafford. Plus you have the up the gut pressure, you know, from a guy like Arik Armstead, that's definitely possible. Um, This is definitely going to be a tough test for the Rams offense for sure. And it's why they've had a hard time beating this team. Kyle Shanahan's offense has been exactly what the Rams don't want to go up against with their defense. But in addition to that, the Rams have struggled to really take over on offense. They did it in the NFC title game. They got to continue to do it. Did they break the curse? Did they not? We'll find out in this game. But looking at the 49ers defense, that is the big thing there. With Matthew Stafford second in the league in pass completion, it's going to be very interesting for Stafford. It's going to be interesting for the 49ers, and we'll see how it plays out. But this is a tough test for both teams, very tough test for the Rams. The 49ers match up very well against this Rams offense. We move on to the Rams defense taking on the 49ers offense, a matchup that is very important in this game because when you look at it, obviously the Rams defense is off to a good start with Raheem Morris. They just came off the game last week having 81 total plays on defense and not even giving up a touchdown. They're going to have to play at that level against the 49ers to win this game. And when you look at it, they're 16th in DVOA, they're 22nd in passing defense DVOA, and fourth in rushing defense. They've done a really nice job of stopping the run, and this would be very important. When you look, Debo Samuel has given them fits before. Uh, Elijah Mitchell has given them fits. He's actually out in this game. So it would be Jeff Wilson Jr., who has 25 carries and 77 yards in five games against the Rams. He's averaging 3.1 yards per carry. So he hasn't really done a ton against the Rams in his career. They're going to see him a lot more than they've seen him before uh, in this one. He's basically the starter 
I would imagine they're going to use Debo Samuel, who has had a lot of success with the Rams. You talk about 544 total yards in six meetings and five total touchdowns. He's been used as a running back. He's been used as a wide receiver. But regardless, this guy makes plays, and the Rams have to be aware of Debo Samuel. On the flip side, the 49ers haven't really gotten a ton going on offense. I mean, last week they did just score 10 points against Denver. So aside from the Seattle game in week two, they really haven't done a whole lot. They're 23rd in offensive DVOA, and a big reason for that is because they have been able to move the ball running the ball. They've had some success, whether it's Debo, whether it's Jeff Wilson Jr., they've had some success. Well, now their big left tackle, the best left tackle in all of football, Trent Williams, is going to be out, not just for this game, but potentially the next time these two face. So it's likely going to be Colton McKivitz, who played pretty well last week, but all things considered, Colt McKivitz is not Trent Williams. I expect that to be an issue here and an opportunity for the Rams defense to pounce on. But when you look at it, the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo is a 96 passer rating when going up against the Rams for his career, but he's averaged two sacks a game. So he's been sacked twice a game on average by the Rams He has 1.5 touchdowns in those games, 1.2 interceptions and he is averaging a 68.4 completion percentage and an 8.8 yards per attempt. That does not tell the full story because the average air yards aren't there for Garoppolo. He's been throwing things underneath, and he has the guys, as I mentioned previously, he has the guys to make him pay when it's all said and done. You have Ayuk, you have Debo, you have guys that can make plays running after the catch, and another guy that can do that who's back in his second game against the Rams He's coming back off from the groin injury that he suffered. He played for the first time this year last week, got involved a little bit. I expect his role to emerge and continue to be bigger moving forward. It is George Kittle. In nine games against the Rams, he has over 700 total yards and five touchdowns. This is somebody that obviously the Rams are going to have to key in on and worry about. It's what makes the 49ers so dangerous because you have Kittle, you have Debo, you have Brandon Ayuk. You also have Juwan Jennings, who did well the last time he played against the Rams. So you have to worry about all sorts of weapons when it comes to the 49ers. On the Rams side of things, Aaron Donald is almost averaging a sack per game. He has played against the 49ers 15 times and has 12 and a half sacks. He's averaging 0.8 sacks per game. He is going to be very important in this one. If he can put pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo for some turnovers as Garoppolo averages over an interception per game, the Rams can take advantage of that, steal some possessions, and with that offense, hopefully steal some drives and, and score some touchdowns. In addition to that, Bobby Wagner has had success with the 49 against the 49ers he's played 20 games against them this will be the 21st game he plays and he's had six turnovers forced to go with his six sacks that he's had against the Niners he already has two this year for the Rams one of the leaders on this team and I believe that they're going to use Wagner in a big role he is huge in this one look out for him because he could be very important for getting a takeaway this week as they did not get one last week the bottom line is for the 49ers offense to have success against the Rams defense, they're going to have to be able to establish the run, open up the play action, and really dice them up with the play action. I think you establish the run early on with Jeff Wilson. The Rams really haven't allowed teams to do that. Last week, you look at James Conner, look at Eno Benjamin, Daryl Williams, weren't really able to establish the run, and then they went down in that game and really were never in the game, it felt like. You look at the Falcons game. They took the Falcons completely out of the game. While they did come back, 
That game was completely done from the get-go. They absolutely blew the lead, but when you look at it, they took Corderell Patterson, who is a top three running back this year, statistically completely out of the game, didn't even have 50 total rushing yards. So that's a credit to Raheem Morris's defense and establishing that they want to have dominance against the run. It's why that they're a top five team in DVOA against the run and they struggle against the pass. They give up a lot of yards against the pass because they're bend don't break style defense, but make no mistake about it. You will not see exact same defense you saw last week against Arizona in a different type of setting. You have Marquise Brown in the speed. You have to always keep in mind Marquise Brown can beat you over the top. So the Rams had to play off. They wanted to keep all the explosive plays to a minimum. They wanted to keep everything in front of them. But with the 49ers, you got to play that single high safety. You got to have guys. You got to be able to play cover three. You got to mix things up because this 49ers team will kill you with yards after the catch. That is the name of the game with them. They're not trying to beat you over the top. They can beat you right underneath and break some tackles. You have Debo Samuel, who's built like a running back. You got Brandon Ayuk. These guys are made to break tackles, get to the second level, and be the one man to beat type of scenario where now you can turn it into a touchdown. So that's a big thing to watch moving forward here. The Rams are going to have to worry about that, and I believe they will. I think they'll be ready. Sean McVay mentioned in his show that, look, This is how they want to go about things. They want to plan ahead for each game. They don't necessarily want to play their style of defense. They want to play a defense that matches up to their matchup. And so I think that makes a lot of sense. And we'll see that against the 49ers. So what happens Monday night Rams 49ers? How do we see this going? Well, first off, history matters. Aaron Donald and Bobby Wagner have done well in their meetings against the 49ers a combined 35 games that they've played against the Niners. Wagner's forced turnovers. He's had sacks. He's had a ton of tackles. You look at Aaron Donald. He's forced turnovers. He's had sacks. He's won games. I mean, I think these two are going to be crucial in this game. I also think that Debo is going to continue to hurt the Rams. He's had very good success against the Rams. I have no reason to believe that that'll stop. I think this is obviously one of the most dynamic players with the ball in his hands. I think the Rams are going to do a nice job showing what they've done pretty much throughout the first three games, shutting down the run. I think they're going to shut down Jeff Wilson, who has never had great success against the Rams. And I think Debo Samuel's going to come in and he's going to give a different look and he's going to basically try to tire out the defense. He's going to run with power. He's going to run with speed and he's going to make it a problem. So it's going to keep them in the game with that. And then I also think it's going to move the chains and give the Rams some fits where, you know, maybe they have a nice third and long, they go with a delay and you have Debo Samuel gets the first down. In addition to that, I think Garoppolo is going to manage a pretty solid game. I don't think it's going to be turnover free. The Rams have his number. They always have. And I feel like he's guaranteed to turn the ball over at least at some point during this game. However, I do think he is going to play a good football game, good enough to give them a chance at the end. And that's all you can ask for out of what is your backup quarterback back. I think Kyle Shanahan is going to scheme around the weaknesses of Colton McKivitz. I don't think McKivitz is bad, but I do think having him over Trent Williams is a massive downgrade. I think anybody who knows football would agree with me on that. He played pretty solid last year. He's definitely an upgrade over Jalen Moore, who also got an opportunity. So I think they're going to scheme around at that left tackle spot. Shanahan will make it work. I think the Rams will still make things happen. But in addition, I do think Shanahan is going to have his as well. Both teams are going to be able to eat a little bit in this game. 
I also kind of believe, and this sounds crazy because George Kill is fantastic, but I think the Rams are going to keep him in check. Look, sounds crazy, but they did it against Dawson Knox, who's a touchdown machine. They did it against Kyle Pitts, who looks like one of the best tight ends in all of football. And they did it against Zach Ertz, who really wasn't able to blow up the game. I look at it once again. Kittle's better than all of the guys I mentioned, maybe a little bit better than Pitts, but still, I think a little bit better. You look at it, I think Kittle's great, but I think the Rams just have a game plan this year. They're not going to allow tight ends to take advantage of them. They're going to play a little different from what they did the previous few weeks because the 49ers demand you to really look over the middle and always worry about the run after the catch ability of the receivers. But I do think that they are going to hold George Kittle in check, even though he's had over 700 yards against the Rams. He's had a myriad of touchdowns. I still think they hold him in check here in this one. And then on top of that, I do think you look at Henderson averaging five a game against the Niners on the ground. You look at Cam Akers averaging 6.2. They've had a lot of success. I think they're going to be able to run the football. I think it's going to surprise some people, but I think it's also going to open up the eyes that realistically speaking, despite all these injuries, the Rams offensive line has not been as bad as people are thinking. They opened up some serious holes for Cam Akers last week, and I think that will continue, not maybe on that level because the 49ers defense is no joke, but I do think the Rams will be able to run the football, surprise some people, and I think they're going to use both Henderson and Cam Akers to the benefit of their ability, the best of their ability. And I do think because in the past they've had success against the Niners, I don't see that stopping. I think Akers picks up where he left off last week, and I think Henderson continues to play with consistent uh, football. And so I think you're going to get that run game going, which will open up the passing attack play action passing, if you will, uh, which then you're now in the driver's seat because I think the Rams have simply abandoned the run too much. And I think they've gone a little pass happy. Well, now I think this op offers the opportunity to really balance out their attack. And I think this is going to work well for them moving forward. The 49ers absolutely stifled Cooper Cup in, in the first five matchups against him. But the last two, they've given up over 100 yards. I expect more of the same. Cooper Cup is just different. He has completely changed his game. He is on another level. He's the best receiver in football, and I think he shows it week in and week out. He had another touchdown last week despite not having the yards, but McVay can scheme him open. There's also a guy by the name of Allen Robinson who can command attention. You got Brandon Powell. You got Ben Skoranek, the two running backs I mentioned. You got Tyler Higby, who's second in targets. There are different things here that I think are going to open up the door for Cooper Cup. Even if you want to bracket him, he's being bracketed more than any wide receiver in the league. Devontae Adams, any of them, he's being bracketed more, but he's still putting on a show. He still has almost 300 yards for the first three games. So I'm looking at this. I think he's going to go over 100 yet again. I think in addition to that, I think Stafford, who has played relatively well against the 49ers, will play relatively well again. He has around 275 yards yards per game average against the Niners. He averages two touchdowns per game, not even an interception per game. I know that surprises some people. And he has a 91.4 passer rating to go with three sacks. That's the one thing here. He's been sacked a lot against the Niners. We'll see what he does, but I do think that the Rams are going to be able to be just a tick better than the 49ers on the road. They're going to get a hard-fought win, 24-18. It is not a pushover victory. This, in my opinion, is the biggest game of the year. I know Sean McVay would say every game is the biggest game of the year going into it. 
And, you know, it's always the next game is the biggest game, but this really feels like the biggest game. This is a huge opportunity to win two in a row against a team that's really had your number. Let's call it like it is. You haven't beaten the Niners since 2018. This would be a huge win for a team that looks like they could be really good, but at times they just get lost. And so they get off to great starts in the first quarter and through the second to all the way to the end of the game, those quarters, they've struggled. The EPA has gone down. Expected points added has gone down for the Rams. And so I think that's definitely a concern moving forward. But I think it's something that they'll address. They'll get better in. And I think it starts with running the football, having a more balanced attack, and then just playing in you know strong defense, being well-disciplined. I understand they have some injuries. We don't even know if Darion Kendrick is going to play. Kobe Durant might be back. I mean, McVay is cautiously optimistic about Kendrick's concussion. So there's a lot of injuries for the Rams. So if they come away with this win, they move to three and one, despite dealing with all sorts of issues on the offensive line, issues in the secondary, issues at wide receiver. I think that's a heck of a win. And I think you'll take it. So that's what I have. 24-18 Rams take the win over the 49ers to move to three and one, drop the 49ers to one and three on the season. And that would be a huge moment in the NFC West for the Rams to take that commanding 3-1 lead, where now you have Arizona who's at 1-2. They'd be fighting to not go 1-3 as well. And then Seattle doesn't really look like they're a player or a contender in this division at all. So very good stuff. Uh, We'll see how it goes, but that's how I have it. I'll be back next week to talk about the aftermath of this game and then you know basically preview the next game. But I hope you guys enjoyed. I'm Jake Ellenbogen. You can follow me at JK Bogan. My DMs are always open. Feel free to drop a message, whatever. Uh, you can also check out my YouTube channel, Jake Ellenbogen. You can also check out my other podcast with Alexis Kraft, the Downtown Rams podcast. But that's going to do it for me. I'm Jake Ellenbogen. This has been your episode of the Believe in Rams podcast. Take care, folks. Later. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.